Om Namo Narayanaya. Today we're going into chapter 9, Answers by Citing the Lord's Version, next to the last chapter of Kanto 2. I would encourage you, if you've been hanging out with me on these videos, or you've read this book on your own, go back and study it, or maybe go back and reread it, um, or spend a little time away from this video. There is so much here to be digested and thought about, and I discuss random things here to just spark conversation, but you could write book after book after book about so much that's in here. I had a f acquaintance say to me the other day on Facebook, he goes, oh, um, after you're done with each canto, you should post up the uh, essence of it, and then we can all discuss it. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I appreciate that. And then I was like, he confessed that he hadn't read any of them, so he's going to discuss the essence but he's only read, like, half a canto. So I'm like, okay, well, we can maybe do that. But then I'm like, I'm in no position to give you an essence of ten chapters or whatever. There is so much in here. I'd have to give you the essence of every chapter, not a canto. I don't, I just, I don't think you can summarize an entire canto in two or three sentences. And, and if you do, you're going to, there's just going to be so much that's missed. It's like going to be the Cliff Notes version, trying to work with people who've never read this, and I don't know what the point is, so I just said, no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I just don't feel I'm able to summarize an entire book that should be studied. So, study this book. <laughs> That's your thought for the day. Here we go. Sri Sugadeva Goswami said, O King, unless one is influenced by the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there is no meaning to the relationship of the pure soul in pure consciousness with the material body. The relationship is just like a dreamer's seeing his own body working. The illusioned living entity appears in so many forms offered by the external energy of the Lord. While enjoying in the modes of material nature, the encaged living entity misconceives, thinking in terms of I and mine. As soon as the living entity becomes situated in his constitutional glory and begins to enjoy the transcendence beyond time and material energy, he at once gives up the two misconceptions of I and mine, and thus becomes fully manifested as the pure itself. O King, Lord Vishnu, being very pleased with Lord Brahma because of his non-deceptive non penance in bhakti-yoga, presented his eternal and transcendental form before Brahma, and that is the objective goal for purifying the conditioned soul. Lord Brahma, the first spiritual master supreme in the universe, could not trace out the source of his lotus seat, and while thinking of creating the material world, he could not understand the proper direction for such creative work, nor could he find out the process for such creation. While thus engaged in thinking in the water, Brahmaji heard twice from nearby two syllables joined together. One of the syllables was taken from the 16th and the other from the 21st of the Sparsha alphabets, and both joined to become the wealth of the renounced order of life. When he heard the sound, he tried to find the speaker, searching on all sides. But when he was unable to find anyone besides himself, he thought it wise to sit down on his lotus seat firmly and give his attention to the execution of penance, as he was instructed. Lord Brahma underwent penances for one thousand years by the calculations in the demigods. He heard this transcendental vibration from the sky, and he accepted it as divine. 
Thus he controlled his mind and senses, and the penances he executed were a great lesson for the living entities. Thus he is known as the greatest as of all aesthetics. Lord Vishnu, being thus very much satisfied with the penance of Lord Brahma, was pleased to manifest his personal abode, Vaikuntha, the supreme planet above all others. This transcendental abode of the Lord is adored by all self-realized persons freed from all kinds of miseries and fear of illusory existence. In that personal abode of the Lord, the material modes of ignorance and passion do not prevail, nor is there any of their influence in goodness. There is no predominance of the influence of time. So what to speak of the illusory external energy? It cannot enter the region. Without discrimination, both the demigods and demons worship the Lord as devotees. The inhabitants of the Vaikuntha planets are described as having a glowing sky-bluish complexion. Their eyes resemble lotus flowers, their dress is of a yellowish color, and their body features very attractive. They are just the age of growing use. They all have four hands. They are all nicely decorated with pearl necklaces with ornamental medallions, and they all appear to be effulgent. Some of them are effulgent like coral and diamonds and complexion, and have garlands on their heads, blooming like lotus flowers, and some wear earrings. The Vaikuntha planets are also surrounded by various airplanes, all glowing and brilliantly situated. These airplanes belong to the great Mahatmas, or devotees of the Lord. The ladies are as beautiful as lightning because of their celestial complexions, and all these combined together appear just like the sky, decorated with both clouds and lightning. The goddess of fortune in her transcendental form is engaged in the loving service of the Lord's lotus feet, and being moved by the black bees, followers of spring, she is not only engaged in variegated pleasure, service to the Lord along with her constant companions, but is also engaged in singing the glories of the Lord's activities. Lord Brahma saw in the Vaikuntha planets Lord Vishnu, who is the Lord of the entire devotee community, the Lord of the Goddess of Fortune, the Lord of all sacrifices, and the Lord of the universe, and who is served by the foremost servitors like Nanda, Sunanda, Prabha, and Arahana, his immediate associates. Lord Vishnu, seen leaning favorably towards his loving servitors, his very slight, intoxicating, and attractive appeared to be much satisfied. He had a smiling face decorated with an enchanting reddish hue. He was dressed in yellow robes and wore earrings and a helmet on his head. He had four hands and his chest was marked with the lines of the goddess of fortune. The Lord was seated on his throne and was surrounded by different energies like the four, the sixteen, the five, and the six natural opulences, along with other insignificant energies of the temporary character. But he was the factual supreme Lord, enjoying his own abode. Lord Brahma, thus seeing Lord Vishnu in his fullness, was overwhelmed with joy within his heart, and thus in full transcendental love and ecstasy, his eyes filled with tears of love, he thus bowed down before the Lord. That is the way of the highest perfection for the living being, Paramahamsa. And seeing Brahma present before him, the Lord accepted him as worthy to create living beings, to be controlled as he desired, and thus being much satisfied with him, the Lord shook hands with Brahma, and slightly smiling, addressed him thus. The beautiful personality of the Godhead addressed Lord Brahma, saying, O Brahma, impregnated with the Vedas, I am very much pleased with your long-accumulated penance with the desire for creation. Hardly am I pleased with the pseudo-mystics. I wish you good luck, O Brahma. You may ask from me, the giver of all benediction, all that you may desire. You may know that 
the ultimate benediction, as the result of all penances is to see me by realization. The highest perfectional ingenuity is the personal perception of my abodes, and this has been possible because of your submissive attitude in the performance of severe penance according to my order. Us in this Brahma, you may know from me that it was I who first ordered you to undergo penance when you were perplexed in your duty. Such penance is my heart and soul, and therefore penance and I are non-different. I create this cosmos by such penance. I maintain it by the same energy, and I withdraw it all by the same energy. Therefore, the potency is penance only. Lord Brahma said, O oh, Personality of Godhead, you are situated in every living entity's heart as the Supreme Director. And therefore you are aware of all endeavors by your superior intelligence without any hindrance whatsoever. In spite of that, my Lord, I am praying to you to fulfill my earthly desires and to fulfill all my desires. May I please be informed how, in spite of your transcendental form, you assume the mundane form, although you have no such form at all. And please inform me how you, by your own self, manifest different energies for annihilation, generation, acceptance, and maintenance by combination and permutation. O oh, Master of all energies, please tell me philosophically all about them. You play like a spider that covers itself by its own energy, and your determination is infallible. So please tell me that I may be taught in the manner by the instruction of Lord Vishnu, and may thus act instrumentally to generate living entities without being conditioned by such activities. O oh my Lord, the unborn, you have shaken hands with me just as a friend does with a friend, as if equal in position. I shall be engaged in the creation of different types of living entities, and I shall be occupied in your service. I shall have no perturbation, but I pray that all this may not give rise to pride, as if I were the Supreme. Lord Vishnu said, Knowledge about me, as described in the scriptures, is very confidential, and it has to be realized in conjunction with devotional service. The necessary paraphernalia for that process is being explained by me. You may take it up carefully. All of me, namely my actual eternal form and my transcendental existence, color qualities and activities, let all be awakened within you by factual realization out of my causeless mercy. Brahma, it is I, Lord Vishnu, who was existing before the creation when there was nothing but myself. Nor was there the material nature, the cause of the creation. That which you see now is also I, Lord Vishnu. And after annihilation, what remains will also be I, Lord Vishnu. Oh, Brahman, whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. Know it as my illusory energy that reflection which appears to be in darkness. O oh, Brahma, please know that the universal elements enter into the cosmos and at the same time do not enter into the cosmos. Such as, I myself also exist within everything created, and at the same time, I am outside of everything. A person who is searching after the supreme absolute truth, Lord Vishnu, must certainly search for it up to this, in all circumstances, in all space and time, both directly and indirectly. Brahma, just follow this conclusion by fixed concentration of mind, and no pride will disturb you, neither in the partial nor in the final devastation. Sukadeva Goswami said, 
The Supreme Personality of Godhead Harry, after being seen in his transcendental form, instructing Brahmaji, the leader of the living entities, disappeared. On the disappearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the object of transcendental enjoyment for the senses of devotees, Brahma, with folded hands, began to create the universe, full with living entities, as it was previously. Thus, once upon a time, the forefather of living entities and the father of religiousness, Lord Brahma, situated himself in acts of regulative principles, desiring self-interest for the welfare of all living entities. Narada, the most dear of the inheritor sons of Brahma, always ready to serve his father, strictly follows the instructions of his father by his mannerly behavior, meekness, and sense control. Narada, very much pleased, his father and desired to know all about the energies of Vishnu, the master of all energies, for Narada was the greatest of all sages and greatest of all devotees. The great sage Narada also inquired in detail from his father, Brahma, the great-grandfather of all the universe, after seeing him well satisfied. Thereupon, the supplementary Vedic literature, Srimad Bhagavatam, which was described by Lord Vishnu, and which contains ten characteristics, was told with satisfaction by Brahma to his son, Narada. In succession, the great sage Narada instructed Srimad Bhagavatam unto the unlimitedly powerful Vasudeva, who meditated in devotional service upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Absolute Truth, on the bank of the river Sarasvati. O King Maharaji, your questions as to how this universe became manifested from the gigantic form of Lord Vishnu, as well as other questions, I shall answer in detail by explanation of the four verses already mentioned. Thus ends chapter 9, which could be called maybe the second part of the Genesis story, as laid out previously in this book. Uh, it's an interesting story. Sometimes I feel like there's some contradictions here. And whoever was writing this, I, I don't know. I'm a writer myself, and I, I spend a lot of time on flow. And just sometimes this doesn't flow right. And I don't know if it's the translation or if, and I know this is going to be sacrilegious to say, but we need to be honest, or if the Srimad Bhagavatam has been changed. People added things to it. People edited it. That's not a bad thing to say. It's not. Um, people go, oh, well, it's scripture. It, it comes from, direct from the word of the Lord. But remember, I think there's like four different um, Qurans. Like, they're literally different versions. They're not translating. They're in Arabic. As for like the Bible, how many of the Bible books we don't have the originals of? You know? Um, there's all sorts of interpretations that come through religious texts. You can even go to an obscure religion like Christian Science, and you'll see that Mary Baker Eddy, I think, redid her, her main book a hundred times, because she said God kept giving her realizations. So it's not necessarily, um, I, I, it's not bad to say that the book may have been changed over time. If it has been changed, we need to know that. We need to figure it out. If it's a new revelation, that's great. If it's a corruption, we should we should know that. Also, if it's a translation issue, that's important to know. It's not sacrilegious. What it is it's trying to get the pure, pure word of the Lord? Anyways, thoughts out of nowhere. <laughs> All the things I could have commented on. We got one more chapter to go, and then we'll go into chapter three. And uh, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for watching. Thoughts, comments, and all that good stuff down below. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry, Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, 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 Harry, Harry.